0: Welcome to the newest episode of Barbells and Bullshit. Today I have with me my powerlifting coach and friend Tony What's going and on guys? So okay, I'm going to let you introduce yourself in however way you would like. Oh
1: dang, I thought you were going to do that work for me. <laughs> <No. All right. laughs> uh, my name is Tony. I'm have been a powerlifting coach it's just like a strength coach for the past going on 8 years now. Mostly self-taught, you know. But even if you're formally taught, you still have to do more research along the way. So technically we all are been a competitor myself, not as of late, but semi retired competitor. And um I mainly train, you know, people like us that compete in powerlifting. But I'm here for everybody, you know. I'm, I train anybody from general fitness to Olympic weightlifting, the strong man, you name it. Probably if I don't do it, I'll learn to do it if I'm all you got, you know?
0: Yeah, so at this new gym that I joined, you know Tommy Lowell?
1: Well, he's I might know him by face. I'm not sure how many people I know, stro- to be honest with you.
0: World's strongest man, so he's there. You might add, like, strongman stuff to this, like, list of stuff that I'm trying to do. <laughs> because, like, <laughs> I've <course>. always... <laughs> I've always been drawn to like the stones. That shit looks so fun.
1: Oh, and it looks unless easy. You like, like, unless <laughs> you don't <laughs> like your forearms, it's not easy. Trust. <laughs> stones like are just, one of you just the pick worst. It up.
0: You just pick it up and put no, it on the thing. Like, how? No, 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 no,
1: That's not how this goes. See, <laughs> you are still in that naive stage where you don't know what things <laughs> entail. But right. I could lead so, you along the way, you know, because yeah. I've been exposed to all these things and I could tell you for a fact that in terms not of easy. physical uh <laughs> bruising and um you know pain and actually putting yourself through scars and broken skin stones is probably the best thing for that so if you don't like your <laughs> forearm skin if you like sticky stuff and tape covered all through your arms go for it
0: <laughs> it's all right because like I already have like this giant scar that I got somehow from like a rig I don't even know how I got it mm-hmm. like I can't I'm not even gonna try to show you because you're not gonna be able to see it but like it it left like it left a mark I should have gotten stitches and there was a Mm. lot of blood when I got it but whatever so I guess another scar wouldn't be the worst thing
1: yeah but it's also (laughs) just like super messy like I don't know if you know what pine tar is like Mm -mm. you might have heard it from baseball but pine tar is basically the super sticky shit and it's the chalk version for stones Um, But since stones are round and huge, especially the heavier ones, you kind of need more surface area to hug on and stick to because everything is sweaty, not just your fingers, you know? It's a pretty... It's a set-aside-something-for-a-Saturday kind of workout.
0: Yeah. And it would be, like, even, I guess, harder because that gym has no air conditioning. Yeah. No, I think they have well, one fan, honestly, only.
1: That's first-world problems with the biggest yeah. thing is, like, the time and the cleanup. Like, you you get to just put your belt back in your bag and wash your, the chalk off your hands. Like, this, you got to get, like, I think, like, they use WD-40 and Ooh. a whole bunch of, like, paint thinners and chemicals to get that shit off of them, you know? Like, Hell. it's it's a big i'm so serious right now so serious it's a big thing like uh, but you'll your curiosity will get you into a lot of things <laughs> that you will quickly find out is not for you
0: maybe maybe i'll then try my hand out like martial arts or something uh, no I, I would i wouldn't ever <laughs> do that i would not ever do that
1: <laughs> to top it all off you'll become a yeah. monk in taiwan or something.
0: Yeah. Because, like, I'm not trying to have my body parts in someone else's body parts. That's, like, too close for me. Yeah.
1: Like, the claustrophobia, not to mention the all the body fluids, like... And smells. For me, I can't get past the claustrophobia. I'm more of, like, a striker now that I think about it. Like, I actually wanted to go into MMA before I touched the gym because I got into the gym late in life. I let the conventional um stereotypes get to me. I didn't want brain damage, but, I mean... <laughs> Look there at me is. now! I'm stupid, yeah. anyway. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: everyone has some form of brain damage, honestly. Yeah, everyone is a little bit stupid. Um, if you do
1: it right, you know the the whole name of the striking game is to hit and not get hit, anyway. So if I was yeah. remotely good at it, I wouldn't be a punching bag to begin with.
0: Um. So how late? How late did you get in the game?
1: Um, saying I was late? like, for the average person, I was always like on the stronger side, you know, heavy-handed. But I didn't like. I think we were talking about high schools and in the gym
0: yeah
1: earlier that one session was my first session in my life and I was 18 and I think I only touched a leg press a cable loaded leg press at that so it wasn't too much weight on there but I maxed that out and then I played a couple of games on the row machine and they never let us back in so the I, I don't really count that my first gym session wasn't until I was 19 in college you know anything other than that was pure <laughs> taco bell or you know like <laughs> taco bell strength
0: what's your taco bell order
1: i'm not actually a taco bell person but i just Neither get a, a bunch know of tacos they have. And they have crazy like side quest menu items i don't even know like i remember my aunt used to like the uh mexican pizza i think it is but i'm simple i'll just get as many tacos as possible kind of thing
0: what's that drink that they have that everyone likes the green one
1: Oh, the Baja Blast? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's another can of worms. My brother loves that drink, but I think it's it's something simple. It's like um, Mountain Dew mixed with some flavor. I don't remember, but that's another can of worms. I quit drinking soda.
0: Really? You, quit so- you don't drink any soda?
1: Don't drink a drop of soda. Why? I think... I've had a slip up once about 7 years in when I was at a fan, uh, a friend's kickback and I was given a mixed drink that I didn't know had soda in it which I typically drink straight liquor anyway when I do so that wouldn't have been something I would have done but other than that yeah I haven't had a drop of soda in 11 years I I've was addicted <laughs> I was addicted to soda I was drinking like a liter at least a day
0: Oh my god. And
1: when I didn't have my own soda, we had a bar in our basement and when I, like my my family is alcoholics. <laughs> so my grandmother always had mixers and I would just, you know, take some of whatever they had down there.
0: How often do you drink?
1: I'm not a big drinker like that. So I don't typically drink like that. Mm-hmm. I drink like when maybe if I go out to eat, which I haven't in a long time um since moving like that's that's more so like a family thing like we would go out to eat on the weekends kind of thing but I'm more of like a drink with my meal kind of guy I'm not really like a like a go out to drink kind of guy because to me it just gets super expensive at some point because again the I don't know how but without practicing but I still inherited the tolerance (laughs) Of alcoholics. So I'm an expensive date when it comes to alcohol, I guess.
0: I don't know where I was or like what I got, but like I got like one drink somewhere in New York City and that show was like twenty dollars. Oh yeah. And I was like, yo, what the hell? I didn't even yep. get like a special like I got a regular drink.
1: That's like, another thing. like crazy. Alcohol is super expensive. Like even some places, a regular beer is like nine bucks. That's, that's crazy. So cool. That's almost like that's a cost of some twelve packs, you know? Yeah. So, it's, it's Mm -hmm. wild
0: it's the price of convenience to get you like that
1: exactly i think two of those is equal to like a 24 pack at costco
0: Mm. it's
1: wild i'm like yeah i can cook and i can buy beer (laughs) just come over Mm -hmm. to my house like i'm not gonna go out to eat for all that you know at that point if the goal is to drink at least
0: i don't i don't drink that much either i think i'll have like maybe one or two drinks a month max and I'm, yeah, like, really I mean, lightweight. Oh, I already told you this. But, yeah, I'm, I'm like, super, have... super, super, super sensitive.
1: Yeah, I don't even have, like, one drink a month. Like, I I don't even drink them. off. I just got a, another, like, 24-pack from Costco. That's going to last me a pretty long time. Yeah. I just... I'm, I don't know, I'm at the point where I'm just, it's just not appealing to me, but every so often I like it with my meal, you know?
0: I get it, like, it's, no one really should be drinking it, it's literal poison. Yeah. I don't even even understand, like, why do you drink at all? If you're drinking to have fun, then that's, there's probably a bigger problem behind that. I mean,
1: my whole thing is, like, out of all the substances that are normal and not hard, like, alcohol is one of the worst ones, one of the ones with the almost no benefits to your health and also for some reason the most socially acceptable for whatever reason makes no sense to me but if you like it i love it you know
0: forget about like almost no benefit there's zero benefit to drinking it
1: well they tell zero. you red wine will help you with uh, heart health but that's about it
0: that's not true. I don't remember yeah. why it's not true, but it's not true. Like, there was, like, a study done by, like, a bunch of doctors, and they said that whoever tells you... That of course it's is not okay true.
1: It's not true. You know, everybody, everybody's grandmother is going to take that as an excuse, like mine <laughs> did, to have a gallon of Taylor Port bedside <laughs> and have That's their insane. one glass a day at least, you know?
0: You know what I've always wondered? Like, your accent kind of sounds like it's a little bit Southern.
1: I've gotten that before. I don't know why are people... I've gotten mixed right accents, there, right there. but as soon as as soon as I tell people where I'm from, like they just call me New York, like that's <laughs> it. I, then then they start pointing it out, you know, like they they start seeing the the New York here and there, you know. But like from maybe social media or you know music or whatever. But people who don't like hear that part. Even like when I was in Jersey, I would get people thinking i'm southern for some reason i don't know what it is but again you like it i love it, you know <laughs> I, don't, I don't take it as a insult or anything you know
0: but where are you from originally you said
1: queens? I'm from, yeah i'm from queens mm. i grew up in queens my i was still going back and forth to jersey though because my dad always lived in jersey city when it came time for me to choose which college i was going to A big deciding factor was uh, transportation. Growing up in New York, I had to take two buses, and part of my school career, I was taking two buses, and it took me about an hour to get home, or to school rather. the The area I was in, I had there was about three or four high schools in the same vicinity, so we all took the same buses home, and you know, that at that age, it's never a good combination when you have about 30, 40 kids at each bus stop, you know. So it was a lot of drama, a lot of fighting, a lot of homeless people, a lot of drug addicts. It wasn't the best experience. So I told myself I'd never take public transportation again. And the easiest way for me to do that and still go to school was to go to my dad's. That's how I ended up in Jersey. For everybody that thinks I'm from Jersey. But I'm a New York kid. Jersey just adopted me, and now Cali adopted me.
0: <laughs> What's the biggest culture shock that you experienced after moving to? Oh man, California. <laughs> um,
1: I would say the food, big time. Um, food and water. I'll put water there because water. I'm a tap into the coach side and let everybody know how important water is for you. But for all my East Coast people, the big one is like, there's no Poland Spring out here. Bowen Spring is an East Coast thing. Wow. There's no, yeah, I think you guys have uh, we have Crystal Geyser back there though, right?
0: We have that here too, though.
1: Yeah, but that's like the big water company out here is Crystal Geyser. Wow. But it tastes like actual garbage. <laughs> I don't like a lot of the water brands out here, but it's a good excuse to elevate your water game anyway. Plastic bottles are not the best either. I, I used to work for the sales company and and one of my supervisors was actually sponsored by this alkaline like glass bottle sort of like spring water or whatever so i guess it's an excuse to bougie up your water you know but um water was a big one and then uh food of course you know i feel like we're more uh italian centered to some some spectrum you know um at the east coast and over here it's more like a lot more latin influence a lot more asian influence so i've getting older and getting out of that picky eating stage like i've been able to expand my palate out here big time i found foods that i like i can't go without kind of thing you know
0: like what
1: i would say moving here one of the biggest ones was bidia tacos I learned how to make, like, the quick version of my Crock-Pot, too, so...
0: I know those have been around for, like, two or three years now. I and mean, they've been around for a while, but, like, they've see, been popular. For us, it for... wasn't.
1: <laughs> no, in East Coast, it wasn't, so... There's until actually, recently, like, until recently. Yeah, like, I would say the last year, year and a half, there was, like, one video truck that popped up in Brooklyn, I believe. And it was, like, a huge thing to see that on Instagram, you know? Like, now you see it pop off everywhere, because... Foodie culture has expanded its horizons, you know, coupled with Instagram. But yeah, that was a huge one. A lot of like homemade Mexican stuff. I'm still trying stuff, to be honest with you. So I can't like, it's just a new genre of food that opened up for me, basically. And it's totally different, you know? I feel like our Latin influence on the East Coast is not as Mexican-focused. It's more, like, Dominican and Puerto Rican. And even that, I was, like, just diving into, you know, like, um, my homies are going to kill me for this one, but I I don't remember. uh, I think it's the Dominican breakfast dish where it's, like, um, Oh man, I'm not even gonna try to describe it, but it's pretty fire, you know. I think I want to say there's like pickled onions in it. There's um, shout out my boy Jay and his daughter, <laughs> she likes to just eat the onions, but uh, and then I believe it has like plantains in it, like smashed plantains. I forget, it's like on the tip of my tongue, but we're gonna.
0: I know what you're talking about because yeah. I saw someone post it the other day.
1: Yeah, it's pretty far. It has rice like, too, right? Um, no? Don't get me to lying. I don't even remember that much. Oh, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: no, I don't remember that much, but if you say so, I'll let them yeah, get I don't on know. You about I don't it. say so.
0: I don't know. <laughs> have you had those uh, like sushi donuts? They have those there, right? Ugh.
1: Sushi donuts. That sounds like some kind of like trendy fusion it Ig is. creation like mm-hmm. yeah nah I'm, i haven't had that no it's I'm, not
0: like a donut donut it's like rice yeah in like, the shape, yeah.
1: yeah i get you uh-uh. but um sushi is oh man sushi i've had mexican fusion sushi out here which is pretty far but um sushi is one of those things for me like I'm a bottomless pit, otherwise, but sushi is something about sushi I can't eat a lot of. Like I've gone to unlimited sushi spots, and I never forget. One time I went with a couple friends, and I don't know what it was, but it creeped up on me. I ate so much, like I had to just sit in the car focus on not dying like i was like y'all i need a minute (laughs) because i was the driver you know but i was like i can't even was it bad or did
0: you just eat too much
1: i ate too much but it's one of those things that well first of all if you don't know like a lot of um let's just generalize it to asian buffets like asian all you can eat spots they don't like you to leave you know like let's say you order two rounds And at the end of your second round, you're done. But you haven't finished the things on the plate. Some places will charge you extra for that because like wasting or whatever which honestly I agree with the policy but at the time I was not trying to pay an extra (laughs) round you know so I was like all right y'all finish those two I'm gonna finish this one (laughs) you know you like you you pick up for whoever's slacking I guess I picked up too much but it it didn't settle in right there and then you know like I didn't I wasn't aware of how bad I was until we got to the cars. I got to the car the uh, itis whatever you want to call it kicked in and Man, I was having a rough time.
0: I like sushi, but if I'm hungry, it's probably not something that I really want to eat. Because, like, I can put down, like, two, three rolls easily.
1: If I'm in the mood for sushi, it's cool. Like, I'm going to make sure I'm hungry. I'm going to get some... It's just
0: not that filling. I'm still hungry.
1: Nah, it's pretty filling. (laughs) It's pretty filling. (laughs) There's this, um, I think it's Edgewater. The last sushi spot I went to that was really good. And it's, it's pretty fair price. Like, I'll send you the tag for it later but i think it was like eight or ten rolls and it's like unlimited they'll have like an unlimited side of the menu it's like 20 bucks per person i think we had like 10 rolls and we only just didn't get more because we couldn't finish anymore you know i think we ordered appetizers and greens and stuff like that like salad yeah that was that was great that was that was some good sushi that was probably maybe my favorite spot in in jersey
0: but, like, what kind of rolls are we talking? Like, the, the basic ones? With, oh, like, like the seaweed um, wrapper and, like, this the thing and then the a little nah, bit of they fish had the like, inside?
1: We had ten rolls total, so I think it was, like, five different flavors and, like, two of each. An eel roll, a spicy tuna roll. For all my people who aren't uh sushi lovers and you want to get into sushi, try out yellowtail. It's pretty mild. If you're not a fish person, it's it's a good way to dip your toe into that world without being criticized for just going with the California roll, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you have a couple, uh, I think we had a are couple tempura, like a tempura rolls. Yeah. I, I, I really like tempura. Some places have like steak tempura. Those are fire. It's, it, you go, you get different kind of specials at each place you know I, I never really I don't know if I just don't have sushi good uh enough times to notice any similarities but usually like each sushi spot has their own little roles that they like to go with you know like Naruto roles they'll have like anime centered ones or you know some crazy names it's all advertising you know
0: Naruto is anime right
1: yeah, yeah. i not an anime, anime person don't ask yeah okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Because I was going to say, like, why are so many powerlifters into, like, all
1: this anime? Oh, man. I I think it's just an age group thing, to be honest with you. But honestly, to even put a finger on it, I wouldn't know. Because anime is just so popular. I'm just one of the few that's not in the loop. Besides the classics that I won't even try to compare or include into, like Yu-Gi-Oh! Pokemon, all the normal stuff. I remember when, I'm not sure if you know the name of it but um one of the popular ones that came out was one piece I remember when that first came out on tv I saw the first episode because it was like for direct tv they kind of have promotion like back in the day for all these new shows so you'd see it on your guide like 10 weeks out you know and Like, I was like, all right, this thing is is coming on during a time where nothing else is on. Let me try it out. So, I don't know. I saw the first episode and I never really got into it. But my big thing with anime is, like, if I'm going to be watching TV, I want to watch TV. I don't want to read a book. And I'm not going to do both at once, you know. I used to go to my aunt's house and she like that older crowd of her my dad and my grandfather and so on like they all watched tv with subtitles and i hated it (laughs) i was like why am i gonna willfully watch this now on my own you know like i already have to deal with subtitles when i go to my aunt's house
0: but just don't pay attention to the subtitles
1: but they're (laughs) in japanese (laughs) oh yeah like all the legit animes or you know it seems like that crowd is getting a little bit softer and um, they're allowing more people in for those who enjoy English dubs is what they call them, the ones that are in English. I know back in the day, like if you were somebody who liked English dub or you know you looked for the English dub versions online without subtitles like you were shunned upon kind of thing so it's like well, I guess I guess that's kind of like something else that never had me pick up on it because I, I refuse like if I'm the type of person if I do not like something I will refuse until the last day on earth you know like i will never do that
0: like tiktok oh
1: yeah yeah yeah. i'm never getting a tiktok account (laughs) i only have an instagram account fun fact because of sponsorships when i first got into lifting my whole thing was i want to be a sponsored athlete you know even before lifting like that was the cool thing to do if you were any remotely like competitive so sponsored athlete was the thing i had one of the managers in the gym that was sponsored by a footwear company and that was my thing i was like all right i have to build up an account this way i'm seen by these brands and one day nike can take me out the hood but (laughs) here we are waiting
0: but now i feel like i don't want to say it's fairly easy to get sponsored but like there's so many sponsored people out there
1: yeah so the thing with that now though is that there's more and more brands flooding the market, there's more and more avenues for companies to come up with products or apparel for the market because it's ever growing there's a lot of quote-unquote like sponsorship programs now that are more like affiliate programs than anything like that's why you see a influx of people getting sponsored but you also see those who are sponsored and actually look like it they have maybe 10 sponsorships they don't just have one you know like back in the day you get like a rep reputable company to sponsor you you'd have one or two and you're a professional athlete like they pay your expenses and whatnot even like world champions they would have partial sponsorships that would help them out with light and travel you know like a lot of that stuff still comes out of your pocket unfortunately and to make money in this sport sponsorships is not i hate to tell you but most sponsorships are not gonna take care of your whole ride you know it's not multiple yeah. i mean it's not a single scholarship kind of deal yeah
0: and they're usually not like actually sponsorships they're more like when exactly
1: you to affiliates yeah like you'd get like a percentage of the sales or some of them won't even give and, you free like, yeah, right.
0: like you still have to pay for like the stuff that you want to like quote unquote Advertise like it's a freaking
1: scam earlier on in my career i had uh, like this no name apparel brand sponsor me and they had given me like a code and they made me buy like stuff at discount but (laughs) yeah that that was i didn't do too much promo for them but i bought like i think a hat and a pair of shorts and i made a couple videos i would tag them whenever i'd wear it but it was never like something crazy serious but made me feel important as an athlete so Mm. I like it I love it
0: (laughs) do you think powerlifters are athletes
1: of course 100% well for one they call chess players athletes now no way (laughs) yeah
0: stop no (laughs) -uh. (laughs) yes don't laugh at them (laughs) they work hard oh my god that reminds me of someone I used to know. He was crazy about chess, this, this person. Mm-hmm. He would literally talk to me about chess for like literally hours. yeah, Hours and hours and hours just about chess. And I would just be like, oh my God, when are you going like to let me say something so I can switch yeah. the topic? And this freaking motherfucker, <laughs> he would never like stop talking. Like He would just go on and on and on. Yeah. And I would just sit there like, I don't care about chess. Oh my God, that's insane.
1: Well, this is I, your opportunity to change the subject. I that. <laughs> <laughs> you they are not athletes. <laughs> no, but um, uh, yeah, of course, I think at least all strength sports are athletes, even down to the newer rising in popularity, uh, arm wrestling. Most things physical, you should be considered an athlete. Even uh, esports is considered to be an athletes now. I think that if you're esports, getting paid to do. Like video games? Yeah, yeah there's there's high school teams for that now scholarship programs you cannot tell them they are not athletes
0: i will tell them they are not athletes
1: go ahead tell them they're gonna throw that million dollar call of duty check in your face they they, 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 if anything (laughs) if anything they've been the biggest athletes in the past couple years to be honest with you think about it most legit teams pay for your room and board in the form of getting a house with the whole team that lives together so you don't have to pay for your living expenses besides your food i imagine unless you want to upgrade your internet or have your own bandwidth so you can do your own kind of digital content go ahead but i'm sure those houses are equipped with like internet and all all the bills and whatnot paid for they have most of the time their travel paid for for these tournaments they're just kids stacking up you know They'll, they might blow their bag on doordash it's crazy that's but, very
0: easy anyone can blow their bag on DoorDash. oh box.
1: yeah 100%, oh my god but 100%. it
0: is it's better than um Uber eats. at least for me because like my i have bank of america credit card and like mm-hmm. like it lets you bypass some of the fees so it mm-hmm. ends up being like five oh, ten dollars cool. cheaper Yeah.
1: I didn't know that. But the downside with Bank of America is, unless it's a credit card, they're one of the few banks that you have to have like a minimum balance of like
0: a thousand bucks or something. It's not, it's more than that. I think it's like 12 to 1500. Yeah, it's gone up. And their like monthly service fee is like twelve dollars, which is like insane. Everyone yeah. else is charging like six to seven. I don't know what they're smoking, thinking it's okay to take like twelve.
1: Yeah, like each each company, like you said, has their benefits. Like you said, like you get a lot of. I'm sure that pays for itself if you're I a DoorDash so. person. Yeah. But I only say DoorDash is better than Uber Eats because I used. Did to.
0: I say DoorDash? I meant yeah. Grubhub. Oh, okay. Grubhub. <laughs> <laughs> totally
1: different company. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those all of those food companies honestly like you'd probably pay less using your own gas to go pick it up yeah unless i i I used to always think about like all the scenarios of people who ordered because i was a door dasher like i used to deliver you never know who's working their 14th hour shift and they need a meal at work or you know like somebody who can't leave the kids from at home by themselves, so or even like disabled people would order, you know, shut-ins, hoarders, you know, you name it. Everybody got to eat, you know.
0: Yeah, so it's a I good just, service, but you just again like you I end just for the convenience.
1: Yeah, I just mind my business. I don't judge low-key a dream job to be honest with you when it was going good now the only way to make more money and hack the system like that is to um by the way DoorDash I don't work for you no more (laughs) but in the off chance that they're listening but um yeah the the way that drivers would get more money would be they would sign up for multiple services so uh they would be logged into DoorDash they'd be logged into Uber Eats at the same time And then they would just accept the highest order because the way it works is you kind of stay in these hot zones and you get orders based on orders close to that hot zone and you cannot pick up out of that city but you can deliver out of that city. So people will filter it based on how far the customer is away, how far the restaurant is. If you want to really get spicy with it, you can do double orders. And you can get double orders from the same app. But it's a lot of running around, a lot of being proficient at parking, a lot of illegal parking with your flashes on, a lot of stuff that I don't miss. (laughs) If you like listening to music and time by yourself, it's a dream job for sure.
0: I think it's a good job for kids like
1: high school kids oh i don't know about that one
0: no why not because
1: because on the off days like you're eating gas like a crazy person and a college kid is not going to be able to afford that gas but you can uber eats on your bike so (laughs) yeah i mean if you want to give people cold food i've seen it
0: actually it's not that cold like especially if they have that little carrying thing i
1: never carried that (laughs) i (laughs) would i would turn on my heated seat but <laughs> that's about all you was getting but i will say like you know the wait times and stuff like depending on how far you are away it will get cold again like that's if you're somebody ordering out of town like a lot for me i would get you know orders that i have to deliver like sometimes two times over so it'd be like not that far or not that long in time estimation when you get the order but then you're getting on the highway and it's like oh. right so i mean it was cool because i got to see a lot of scenery and and a lot of spots in that city so I got to learn a new city learn a couple of new cities actually so that was yeah. pretty cool because i was never into geography or my surroundings growing up like at this point i feel like i know this town better than my hometown you know
0: it's like that meme like when someone asks me for directions and the the place that i've lived in my whole life i don't know yeah
1: <laughs> yeah google like,
0: maps figure it out
1: to be honest like if I, if I wasn't going there you could you could mention something in my hometown <laughs> and i'd never hear it. if it wasn't the the corner store that had the good cold cuts on 228th or my school or something around there forget about it
0: oh what about okay so like since you moved to california mm-hmm. you don't have bagels are right? like or good bagels.
1: <laughs> see that's see every <sighs> this is a long conversation that's about to happen okay. but i would say pizza bagels and almost anything that has to do with bread possibly because of water supply and water quality on the East Coast, but it's almost non-existent here. Like you'll find a you'll you might find bagels, but it's not the same. I've only found one I'll say one and a half pizza spots that are comparable to the East Coast. Yes. Cause I've only tried their squares. I haven't had their regular slices. But um there's literally only one spot that's on par with I'll say Jersey pizza because New York gets the credit for Jersey pizza. And as a pizza connoisseur, anybody could contact me for the smoke if they want to talk about pizza. I'm not having none of that. You talk, but yeah, I've only found one spot out here. I've yet to find bagel spots, but the good thing about bagels is you can always go back to the default, you know, Thomas's or Sarah Lee, whatever is in the store. But it's it's okay when you start chefing it up at home, but you know
0: the New York
1: the New York commuter in you is uh is probably screaming, but yeah, there's not really Mm -hmm. like bagels out here like that.
0: Those are, I feel like. I feel like those should be illegal in like the East Coast to be sold in <laughs> grocery
1: stores. Okay, the, like why uh, would
0: you, why would you buy those when you can just go to like an actual bagel place? Convenience,
1: convenience. No,
0: like there's some some things that you should not. sacrifice. Nah, like,
1: yeah, nah. There's there's definitely times like for me, bagels are equipped carb that i can eat before training so at one point that was bread, my then.
0: like just regular bread
1: because they don't have a everything flavored bread and toast doesn't you know, taste the same with cream cheese on. trader
0: it. trader joe's might have everything bread
1: but we're talking five to six sessions a week that need a pre-workout meal and you're trying to keep costs down like at that point i'm, I'm eating own. two bagels Make your, own. Ooh, make your own yeah yeah i'm making my own <laughs> With I'm, Sarah no Lee's I'm help. No. <laughs> no no
0: no make your I'm own making the my in the oven make your own in the oven they're yeah, actually I'm really gonna... easy they're actually really really easy to make
1: yeah but then you run into the the water situation
0: whatever import <laughs> but like, oh my god are those things true like people say like they import water from like yes. italy or like yes. new york just to make
1: 100 percent.
0: that's a little extra
1: You'd be surprised what some of these businesses import. There's a flower shop that opened up at, uh close by me. They import all their flowers from Ecuador. Why? They,
0: we have flowers here.
1: They that's their thing. They sell Ecuadorian flowers. Like some there places, must be some nice flowers. Oh, uh, they're pretty nice. They they last a, a good long time. I would say you'd be surprised what kind of things that people are not willing to budge on, especially if you're native to that spot and you know like for a fact this is the x that needs to be solved in the equation that you put your foot down about those things you take a <laughs> take a loss with with certain things and you try to make up for it in other places you know just like costco costco literally uh, i think at this point they're taking a loss on their food the yeah. um the pre-made food that they have the pizzas and the uh, chicken, like the food whatever. court food
0: or like the yeah the, make at the home food
1: court food. food oh yeah the food court, court. yeah like I, I they, believe don't, they don't have
0: too. that to like make money they have that to like bring yeah. people in the store
1: exactly which is a hit that they take to capitalize on the four hundred dollars minimum carts that people Uh have in store you know you know that people don't always see the the bigger picture with certain little aspects of business but I guess that's that's why they're not in that field you know I would say if I always said that I wanted to have a pizzeria and and when i did like i would be importing water so i agree with that statement.
0: Do you like the Costco pizza?
1: Um i will say it's an abomination to the pizza world.
0: <laughs> However,
1: you can't argue with the cost effectiveness. Nope. It's a larger than normal pie with like toppings for less than 11 bucks. Yeah. So yeah. it's like it's like the super version of Jersey Prices pre-Sandy yeah. when everybody had to get Um renovations because their businesses were ruined and that's when the prices started to spike up but they still haven't reached new york prices new york prices for pizza are ridiculous they'll get a cheese pie there for like 22 bucks that's That's wild yeah even
0: like my local like pizza place that i like it's probably like 17 to 18 dollars no so like it is really you're
1: on the other side of the boulevard what is this place that you're claiming because if it ain't <laughs> Vinny's off Danforth I don't know what to do with you. that the one
0: in the Heights? No
1: no it's the one off off 440.
0: I kind of know what you're talking about but not really. But Vinny's in the Heights, back in the day, was well, my they favorite have, pizza spot.
1: they have, like, three locations, I think, so it might yeah. be the same family. Probably. Right, but you, even if you, it's the same, live.
0: it's not the same.
1: True. Yeah, I think I had, like, another Vinny's, and they had, like, sesame seeds on the crust. Ew. Like, what is this? Yeah, like, people try to do too much.
0: Even, like, sesame bagels. I don't like sesame bagels.
1: Nah, sesame bagels. See? this Yeah. All- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do with you. I don't, I don't like seed bagels. bagels are probably the usual. And poppy and seed, don't,
0: like, don't get me, like, what, like, what are you eating, do, eating poppy seed bagels?
1: I'll agree with that, because the texture is really weird, and if yeah. you're only getting poppy seed, that's weird, because now you're sacrificing a drug test for... <laughs> eating sand you know but everything bagels are pretty cool um it's like a Yay,
0: unique I guess. marriage
1: of flavors when
0: there's like barely anything on the bagel i'm like yo what the hell is it
1: oh yeah no that's i'm getting my money back um, like who who scraped it off?
0: what about what's your favorite is it, is it pumpernickel
1: bagels? bagels i i've had very few pumpernickel bagels but i think that when you start to get Especially the places that actually have pumpernickel bagels, they're usually like stale. So I think pumpernickel should be reserved for the bread category,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and let bagels be their thing on their own. But pumpernickel bagels are still good. Like, don't get me don't get me wrong.
0: When I was little, the first time I had a pumpernickel bagel, thought it was chocolate. <laughs> like, I <laughs> bit chocolate bread. They yeah. actually do have chocolate I bit, bread. I bit into it, and I was like, "Ew! What is this?" I was expecting no, like see, something nice and like chocolatey. See, that's and your sweet. problem.
1: That's the answer right there. That's <laughs> why you don't like nickel because your childhood traumas. And you over here thinking that it's chocolate. Like oh everything looks, is chocolate. It
0: looks so good. It looks nice and dark and shiny. I was so excited, and then I I tasted it and I was like gross that's
1: that's the child in you that won't allow you to enjoy it today and i don't feel bad for you because now it's more for the rest of us the-
0: yeah you, you get you, you like pumpernickel people can keep it
1: yeah over um, here like we literally have like three different species of bread and that's about it the bread aisle is pretty non-eventful
0: that's a lot of like food talk um yeah <laughs> i mean i don't mind i can talk about food a lot but i don't think anyone really wants to hear it how did you get into powerlifting
1: I actually thought powerlifting was stupid in the beginning. Hot take, but
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> I was a big reps guy because I was coming from bodybuilding style programming. One of the biggest influencers that I was starting to latch on to early in the game was um, Mike Rashid. And, um, wow. um, His name is on the tip of my tongue right now, but uh, the Superman from Compton, let's call him that. Um, everybody knows who he is. C.T. Fletcher. There we oh, go. Okay. Uh, C.T. Fletcher and Mike Rasheed and Big Rob, they was killing the gym. They were savages and they did all the reps. <laughs> you know, they had this one workout in particular where it was called Dimes Bench. And me and my homie Andrew, which was my first gym partner at the time, we tried that out. Quick version. What that is, is 10 10s on each side and you do 10 reps and you strip them. You go all the way down and you come all the way back up. So it's like 100 reps or something like that. some nonsense. You know, there's no rest times. You just do what you can until you can't do it no more. And then take your breath and you do it again. And you try not to die. But that's the that kind of... sounds fun. Yeah, that's the kind of programming that I was uh attracted to and and doing at the time um I was a big responder to reps and volume which I still am even some powerlifters don't do the rep schemes that I do but um back to answering the question I was starting off with bodybuilding and I only had one or two friends that actually not even competed at the time they <laughs> knew remotely what powerlifting was so I was observing them because naturally that's how I learned I just watch and I thought that they were dumb for coming into the gym and doing one to three reps and leaving I'm like you're wasting your time bro we getting work over here you know most of our squad at the time we were all doing bodybuilding stuff 10 reps 8 reps at the lowest it's like bro, why do we even hang out with you? You know, like you're not putting in work right now. But at the end of the day, I just didn't understand the concept of tapering and, you know, refining form. And um, eventually I noticed that I was gaining strength way quicker than I was size. And I was still competitive at the time. And I knew I wanted to compete in something, but I decided that, hey, I'm deadlifting. I've deadlifted like four times in my life and I've outlifted my gym partner. <laughs> so I think this might be my avenue, you know? So at the time I believe it was six weeks out when I finally decided to switch sports to um New Jersey State Champs. And at the time there was no qualifier for it. So anybody could just sign up for the meet. Um it was still a small venue, so not many signups were there to begin with. I was looking at programs because at the time I still was in the rep mindset and I didn't know the difference between training phases. So I took a look at a popular program made by a popular influencer at the time, Johnny Candido, which that would ring a lot of bells for some people. But for those that don't know him he was like the original like actual strong influencer at the time for his weight class he was strong but he was relatable to the average person's strength you know he wasn't on a world uh stage or anywhere near that kind of capacity at the time so he was the the person that I trusted most and when I looked at his program I actually laughed at it because again it looked just like my homie Jay's programming where one day I think he literally had one exercise for one rep and the way he had it on online he didn't include your warm-ups so I was like I'm literally gonna load this on the bar and I'm gonna do one rep and I'm gonna leave and I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to states like this in six weeks yeah nah (laughs) I was dying laughing at it so what I did in return was I decided to Start researching how to program, the phases of programming. I didn't know what I was looking for at the time, but I was looking up the phases of programming, what, what it all entailed, you know, at, at least from a basic skeletal standpoint where I can grasp a hold of the concept and start running with it, you know, like have something that I could start with, then I could build on as I went. From that moment on, I started programming myself. Um, I pieced together a lot of different influencers and YouTube videos at the time. I not only used myself as a practice dummy, but, you know, we, we only had like one main gym partner at the time. I decided to, since we were doing the same workouts, even with the bodybuilding stuff, I was the guy that was creating the workouts for the most part. And we would get bored some days and we decided to max out. So that's how I decided, that's how I found out that I was stronger to begin with. After that I was programming him and we both got strong. Eventually I swapped gyms, started training people there too, and the training business just expanded online, you know. I went from training my friends in my immediate, you know, gym circle, which was growing and growing at the time, into coaching people online, and it grew from the tri-state area into something that was worldwide you know i've had clients in germany clients in the states i've had clients everywhere at this point
0: i think johnny candido is he lives on the east coast right not anymore because i think he moved to texas but i think he's originally yeah. from
1: yeah i want to say he's Philly, from i think oh and, uh, definitely no? not philly <laughs> not he has that accent philly.
0: though he definitely he has definitely
1: doesn't have a philly accent he
0: absolutely if he's from does. philly
1: i would be embarrassed to not <laughs> pick up on that just like oh, you shit. think i'm from the south based on my accent like yeah, i you, did you, not, you, you do, I do not i do not pick accent. up any detection of philly and i would say i would know because i have cousins close to philly they moved oh. to delaware which is basically Little Philadelphia if you're close enough it. to the border.
0: I want to look it up, but I can't because I'm going to mess up my setup. Hold on. You know what? I will, I will get back to you on this. <laughs> but Yeah, I don't
1: want to, like, exit out of any of these apps because I don't yeah. want to look up so, and mess it up.
0: If you're saying that, like, at the time that you discovered Mr. Candido, he was strong, what do you think is strong now, like, all this time later?
1: he's way stronger now but like yeah. you mean just my baseline understanding of what is strong or like for him specifically so
0: like i feel like people are getting like so incredibly strong where like oh, yeah. you're gonna see people like benching in the 400s easily deadlifting in yeah, the like upper 600s now. easily now um squatting in like the five six hundreds easily but like it wasn't always like that right
1: I think this is like uh you could choose whatever path you want to take here but I think it's a combination of where you're at at your journey in powerlifting and what you're exposed to and your knowledge of the strong people quote unquote and also on the other side of the spectrum sharing and refining, training training philosophies. Like coaches are just getting smarter. There's now, there's AI programming. There's a bunch of training philosophies that have been disproven. You know, people are just training smarter now. They're more exposed to coaches and people that actually know what they're doing. There's more good information that's being spread around versus false information. Unfortunately, it'll always be there. I just feel like a big thing about it too is all these specialized um, strength gyms where you know you're just in the right environment to succeed you know that it's being more and more popular to have bigger and bigger clicks with all these gym groups because of where you're at you know a lot of people they pay for these gyms and they're around like-minded people you know you're you're more likely to be standing next to someone that is a competitor now in the gym than you were before, where a lot of people were training at commercial gyms. And you can still today like go to a commercial gym and see very few powerlifters, but way more than there was before and way more that actually know what they're doing. You can walk into uh, LA Fitness and see somebody deadlifting seven plates now. You know, Um, he might be a heavyweight, might not know how strong he is, but, or she they might not even even competed before there's always that one person that is way stronger than whoever you think is superman out in the cut somewhere and they just they they don't have a way to be around this stuff
0: i just want to say like being surrounded by like all these strong people with like these like crazy crazy lips mm-hmm. i just don't care anymore like i <laughs> I I don't even, like, look twice because, like, it doesn't, like, I guess you become sensitized to it.
1: You for sure become sensitized to it, but you also, your threshold for impressiveness. Just uh, gets
0: higher and higher. (laughs) Yeah,
1: for sure. Like, like you said, like, I won't bat an eye at, at five plate squats anymore, depending on where I'm at. But first, I still remember the first person that I spotted five plates, you know. I still remember when I seen an 800 pound squat in person for the first time. You know, so it's.
0: I I think an 800 pound squat will never not like. Yeah,
1: but then you you see Ray Williams too. Like I know he's not as active as he used to be, but in my era, quote unquote, my (laughs) semi-retired state, Ray Williams was the man. You know, he was the only person squatting a thousand and. And now there's like,
0: yeah, Jesus
1: Olivera. I think, people. yeah, I think there's two brothers, Olivera brothers, I believe. They're actually out here, I believe. Um, they're stupid strong. They're gonna be the new face of the heavyweight. I think, I'm not sure if both of them are heavyweights. Maybe one is 120 and one is 120 plus or whatever the new weight classes are. Those are some dangerous boys. And another thing is that it's also from a standpoint of not only the sport being more popular but people seeing what's possible, because I'm a big advocate of, we don't know what the human body is possible of. We don't know what these ceilings are until you see somebody do it and you say exactly what you be saying is I could do that too, (laughs) you know? And it's just a big motivator, you know, like I believe a hundred percent. I'll be betting any kind of money on it that I've only gotten as far as I did because I used to I used to joke about it, but I was somewhat serious about it. I had a hit list in powerlifting. I had the top dudes on a list in the gym. And I would just I would look at it every time. And that was my mark to beat. When I was doing that, Jesse Norris was the top guy. He was just a matter of coming healthy that day. If he was, he was lifting the whole kilo set kind of thing, you know? So Now, I I believe um, it's Rondell Hunt, which I would have to aim for if I was making my kill my kill list again you know he's he's another beast man he's he's way uh, I've outperforming never heard him. jesse i'm sure you got him nah not yet <laughs>
0: he's,
1: <laughs> he's a lifter out of trinidad and tobago and i believe he's new in the 105 well not new but he's newly filling it out i believe he may be going up but 105 or 110 whatever the weight class is but he is a different monster
0: what what class are
1: you in what's your weight class i would i'm back down to like 93 at this point because i don't i'm not as big as i was but i would be competing in that class at 105
0: and that brings us to the end of part one of this episode for part two stay tuned